Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone. Um, So I have discussed body image on the show before, and it really is a topic that needs a lot of discussion because there are so many people who unfortunately struggle with body image issues. And not everyone has the same struggles or has them for the same reason. You know, body image issues, they're as complex as they are painful. But if you're someone who has body image issues, then you know firsthand just how much it can affect your life, all aspects of your life. Your confidence, self-esteem, and feelings of self-worth are all negatively impacted. And the more you think about what you should be doing to look better, the worse you feel. Maybe you miss out on life by putting off things like going on vacation or going to parties or dating. Maybe you don't allow yourself to buy new clothes, telling yourself you'll just wait until you finally look the way you want to. Or perhaps you refuse to be in any photos, telling yourself you look awful and you'll just wait to be in them until you look right. The bottom line is that when you have a negative body image, there's something that's always bothering you. And if you're listening to me right now and you can relate and you're scared you're going to keep feeling this way for the rest of your life, then this show today is for you. And if you're a parent and you're scared you're going to pass on those feelings to your kids, then this show today is for you. So here today to talk about body positive parenting and so much more, believe me, so much more, is Kleena Byrne. She is a body confidence coach and she helps people from all over the world to boost their body image. So whether you're an adult, parent, or teen, Kleena offers support and guidance to help people get comfortable in their body. Well, you know, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, you know, this is obviously a, such a hot topic, um, body image, and I know I've done shows on it before, but what I really love about what you do is you work with, you know, parents who um, have maybe kids with body image issues, or maybe the kids don't have body image issues yet. And I'm actually curious, how did you get started in doing this kind of work? Uh, so... Basically, what happened was I was working one-on-one with with adults, just anyone who had any sort of body image issues. So it could have been anything. Um, regards like, you know, uncomfortable in their body, regards weight or something about their appearance or anything. And the more I worked with people, the more it started to click in my own mind where the problems were coming from. And I think like one of the things we always hear is that we get bad body image from social media, from magazines, from all this stuff. But actually, all of that's super secondary. That That's all the secondary stuff. The primary thing that happens is what, like the family culture in the home. So what I mean by that is everyone was talking to me about, okay, I stopped liking my body around the age of usually 10. And it happened when, and they can actually remember when a family member said something to them. And it could have been a comment on their weight or um, an example I often give is a man I once spoke to. um, He told me that his father used to comment on the fact that his ears were crooked. So 
even to this day, every time he looks in the mirror, he tilts his head to decide to make his ears even. And that comment was what started it for him. So what happens basically is we become aware of the fact that we ourselves are judged around the age of 10. And then after that, we become really aware of the conversations that happen in our home and the culture that we have around body image in our home. So that could be commenting on other people's bodies, being judgmental about other people's bodies, our parents not liking their own bodies, our extended family and close friends not liking their bodies and how they communicate about it. Um, restricting how we eat in certain ways, like some families saying we don't eat this or naming some things as good or bad, or even having a family culture around no one in this family can wear stripes because we all look awful in stripes. <laughs> this wow. is like a culture, like a body image culture. So we every family has one. No family is exempt from this. And that's where we develop our body image. It's in that space of how we talk about bodies at home and our attitude towards bodies. So there's the negative side, which means if the family has a negative culture, the kids are guaranteed to grow up with the same feelings and thoughts towards themselves. But if the family have a positive culture around body image, the kids will grow up with a positive feeling about their bodies. So that's that all clicked in my head from working with people. And I realized, hold on, if there's any way to help kids with their body image, it's to go back to the source and help their parents with their own hangups. Because if the parents deal with their hangups and change the culture in the home, then the kids can grow up with the positive culture in the home versus the negative. So that's what led me to um, starting my program, which is Body Positive Parenting, because I teach the family about body diversity and accepting their own bodies and how body positivity regards marginalized bodies and what that means and body confidence and all this stuff. So it really sparked for me clicking. This is the real issue. And the stuff that we're dealing with regards the media and stuff is secondary and really working with kids when they're kind of older or when they're teenagers and being like, you should like your body. It's too late. It can be reversed, but it's just it's entering into the conversation too late. Basically, it's taking action a little bit too late. We need to start it from when they're really young and be like, you're good enough as you are and you'll always be good enough as you are and have that attitude. I mean, that's so insightful, right? And I, I appreciate that you brought up something about body image with this man. You give us an example that it wasn't weight related. It was, you know, there's other body parts that people are very self-conscious about. Um, and that can be really debilitating, you know, whether it's the ears or the nose or some some other aspect about them. And I don't think that's discussed enough, especially maybe even on my podcast. You know, I think it's, it's always assumed negative body images is about size and weight. And it can be lots of different things. Oh my goodness, yes. Like for me, when I was younger, I had really bad body image over two things. One was weight. <laughs> it was, okay. That That's one of the ones that is the most common. That's why we speak about it so much. But mm -hmm. the second was because I had a crooked jaw. So you know how like you can have like an overbite or an underbite? I had a side bite because I have to be original. So I had um, this side bite, which meant that my teeth didn't properly close on top of each other. So I always give the example of um, if I was eating a sandwich, I could somewhat bite into it, like the bread would be removed, but the filling would still be there. Okay. <laughs> so I couldn't bite into things properly. My face is quite crooked. Um, 
it really showed up in photos more so than in person. So there's very few photos of me as a teenager because um, I didn't let people take my photo. And I felt so insecure about this. Now, I did have to get it fixed um, when I was 20. But like my face still has a bit of a curve to it. And now I own it. But I felt so insecure about that. And I didn't feel like anyone could relate to it because everyone else was feeling insecure about like, again, weight or I wish my whatever was more whatever. Um, and I was like, I can't eat a sandwich successfully. And I'm not feeling great about that. And but again, no one was talking about those things. I felt very isolated about it. So it could be crooked ears. It could be like the gap between your toes. It could literally be anything, you know, it what happens is like if someone makes you feel bad about it. Um, and usually what happens is in our own homes is that our family members project their own insecurities onto us. So let's say, um, and this is super common, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners will be like, yep, nodding along to this. And that's that if you had particularly a mother who was very concerned with her weight and very concerned with being slimmer, um, maybe she would diet a lot. Maybe she um, would just talk about her body in a very negative sense and be like, oh, if I was lovely and slim and if I was this and I was that. That that gets projected onto us too. And often they parents can talk about our bodies as if it's an extension of their own bodies. So by the time we become adults, we have like massive hangups regards our weight before we're even adults. It starts when we're kids. And um, I remember feeling really bad about my my weight as a young child. It probably started around 10, maybe 11. And I started really feeling insecure about it. But that's because there were so many conversations going on at home about weight and dieting and, and all those things. That sounds like it's it was role modeled for you in the home and you were learning you're hearing the conversations, learning like what's acceptable, what's good, what's bad, how other people felt about themselves. And so where else did you get the messages about your body other than there? Exactly. And you have to consider too, like if your family members are saying this and saying that their bodies aren't good enough, you're very likely to grow up to look like them. So, <laughs> so if they're saying, I'm not good enough as I am, then by the time you're an adult, you're like, how are you meant to consider yourself good enough? And I think that's something that parents forget is that when they're being critical of their own bodies, they're actually also being critical of their own children's bodies. And I often work with mums and they say to me like, oh, well, I often say negative things about my body in front of the kids, but it's fine. It doesn't matter. You know, that they're gorgeous. They're perfect as they are. And I'm like, no, they're taking in every word of that. They're taking in that my body particularly if they if they birthed their children, my body that created you is not good. That's where you came from, but it's not good. And you're half of me and you're I'm not good. So how could a child think mom says she's not good? I'm part of mom. How can I be good? If there's a there's a missing link in the logic there regards how we think we can say these things and it doesn't impact kids. You know, there's always an impact. So my my big caution is, you know, anyone listening is going, oh my gosh, like they're blaming me. It's like moms always get blamed. And, you know, I always worry about that because it's, you know, there are other factors, but I, I think what I'm hearing you say is it's important to be aware and mindful of what you say and how you demonstrate, you know, your own body image and how you feel about your own body does influence your child. Um, it's not a blame thing. It's having the awareness of, 
what's your own body image? Like, what are the things you're saying? Like, what are the messages you're putting out there? Um, because that's important. Not even, it's not even a blamed thing. This is why I always say the, to moms, it's not that you're being blamed. It's that it's time for you to wake up to the fact that you're a walking goddess. Like you are unbelievably amazing. Like, you created life. And even if you didn't create the life, you were taking care of life. And that is such a huge thing. And your body created people. You created your own people. <laughs> like men can't do that. That is so incredible. So for for any woman to feel bad about stretch marks or the change in texture of skin or weight changes is is a is, is it's a joke when you think of it. It's like how how can you this goddess question yourself for a second and wake up in the morning and say, you know what, I may have created life and I may be keeping them alive, but I'm trash. <laughs> we need to wake up to the fact that we're worthy and we're good enough. And actually we deserve to wake up and feel good about our bodies as they are, you know, without having to change them and to realize that we are wonderful we deserve to feel good about ourselves and we are worthy of having positive body image and not having to continue the emotional and mental drain that comes with feeling bad about yourself so now this brings up an interesting topic because I, you know i work with a lot of women who after having children maybe they never had negative body image before but you know in our there's a societal influence right about like all this pressure for women after they give birth to get back to their pre-baby bodies and you know if you don't something's wrong with you and all these you know there's a lot of stuff out there with these celebrities showing like six weeks postpartum they look great in a bikini and I mean you know I hear these things and um there is that pressure and I don't know if you work with women after they give birth and they really are struggling with their body image and feeling horrible about themselves. Um, I don't know if you've experienced yes. that. A lot. Most of my clients are women who are not immediately after having a baby, but maybe like a year or two in. Mm-hmm. And that they're, the changes are there and they're struggling to adjust to these changes. Um, I really hate the narrative of bouncing back or getting your body back as if your body ever went anywhere, you know, as if your body walked out the door and said, I'm done. (laughs) That didn't happen. Um, So I think there's a lot of pressure with the concept of bouncing back. And that's why I think we need to, again, own the changes and be comfortable in the changes because all of these things that happen, they're part of being a woman. They're part of us being the graceful beings that we are. That, we, that is the feminine to to create and be like this, essentially like a cauldron that's creating things. That's what's happening in our bodies. So I think we need to allow ourselves to own it and remind ourselves too of being a little bit more realistic because if you have a body, it's not, it, it's unrealistic to expect your body to look like it didn't have. If you had a baby, it's unrealistic to expect your, your body to look like it didn't have a baby. That's ridiculous, right? It makes no sense. And I always say to my clients, okay, if you're, imagine you're 80 years old and you're looking in the mirror, would you want to look like a 20 year old? And imagine if you met your grandmother, <laughs> she was 80 and she looked like a 20 year old. Wouldn't you be kind of creeped out and be like, what's going on here? Like, what? you're making me uncomfortable. 
And the reason is because it's not natural. It's not natural for us to stay the same. It's not natural for us to never change. And we know it's not natural because these celebrities who don't seem to age are spending an awful lot of money on having things cut and injected and all sorts of stuff done to them that is not natural. So getting your body back, bouncing back, it's nonsense. It is an absolute joke. And ask yourself, like, would you have expected this of your mother or your grandmother or anyone else? No, because it's silly. It's silly to expect a body that had a baby to look like it didn't have a baby. That's very well said, but I, I still know there are pressures out there. So, um, I mean, do you, do you ever work with someone who's just struggling and really just can't get over that? Like, Yeah. Um, but usually it's um it's it's a, a symptom of the problem. It's mm-hmm. not a problem. So usually we have to go deeper and that depends on the client, you know. It, it's one of the really common symptoms though. In the same way as feeling bad about your weight is a common symptom or right. feeling bad about aging is a common symptom. Mm-hmm. It all comes back to dealing with kind of rewiring our brains and figuring out what where does all of this come from in my mind? Like, where are the pressures coming from that I have to look a certain way or be a certain way? And how do I get that inner critic of mine to shut up mm-hmm. um, and stop telling me I have to be this way and stop feeling like I have to be this like super person that doesn't exist and that I have to meet such a high standard that no one else has to meet. So we have to go pair it all the way back. There's no one for for this particular issue regards feeling bad about your body after a baby there's not one simple like little switch you can you can just turn and it will change everything and it's more of a case of going back and figuring out why do I feel this way and uh, most of my clients that are in this situation all go through the same thing which is while they were pregnant they felt amazing about their bodies and it was the only time in their lives that they felt amazing about their bodies because they suddenly were saying to themselves I'm allowed to get bigger and getting bigger equals good. And then they're also like, I have purpose. I have worse. This body of mine is doing something that is worthy. And the world is like, oh, look at your big bump. Oh, you're so wonderful. Look at you just showing up here and being amazing. But because we have this narrative of bouncing back, all of that goes radio silent, even in our own heads. Um, instead of being like, I'm so wonderful, we we all go back to like, oh, I'm just awful. <laughs> I need to be the way I was before. So um, that's the one thing that's very common. And I think like we, the thing is that we need to remind ourselves is that if we were able to feel good about our bodies, getting bigger and taking up space and existing, we know we can go back to that place because it does exist. We were able to do it once before we can do it again. It's just about figuring out how to get back to that space. And it's doable. Everyone can do it. I love I love that you're changing the narrative and the perspective and helping people realize like it's a mindset too. Massively. Right. Massively. But you know, I don't want to keep all the focus on the moms too. Like, do you work with the fathers or other family members and you know how they influence and impact kids too? Yes. So and again, it's when it comes to kids' body images, it's not just the mums. So mums, please don't 
Don't feel bad about what right. we're talking about. We're just using this as an example. Um, it's everyone in the ecosystem, let's say. It's the grandparents, it's the aunts and uncles, it's the close family friends, it's the you know cousins, whoever. Um, but yeah, so everyone comes into it. And uh, I work mostly with women. Mm-hmm. But I do have men come to me too. And there's stuff that I, I really had to dig deep when I started working with men because I knew everything from a female perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, and same with people that are non-binary or trans. I had to really research and talk with people and say, okay, explain what you're going through to me. So I'd really be able to empathize as much as possible and be really in the moment as they're explaining things to me. I will never, of course, go through the same experiences, but I it it's important not to be ignorant. So anyway, um, for example, with men, what's really interesting is they go through things that are quite different in regards like, for example, a lot of people think the whole thing for men is that they want to be really muscular. And that's actually not necessarily it. I've never had a client who came to me being like, I'm not muscular enough. I need to have a six pack. Never. Um, usually it's things like being small, but they hate the of being small or like when they were younger. And for most men, when they're teenagers, they're very skinny. And then they, they kind of fill out as they get a bit older. That when they were young, they had um, comments from men in their families that were basically saying that they weren't masculine enough. And um, a big thing for men is having uh, pecs, which I never really thought about. But so many men tell me that when you're a teenager, getting pecs is the sign that you've like kind of become a man because you have like a, a man's chest. And then I thought, how have I never thought about this? Because it's the same for for women. It's like I've got boobs now. Woohoo! You know, it's the same thing basically. <laughs> I just never thought about it. Um, and then for them, it's it's more things like their masculinity. So for for men, it can be different things. It could be not having facial hair. It could be losing their hair. Mm-hmm. You know, losing your hair is such a huge thing for men. And people often will joke about it and make like bald jokes and things like this. But I mean, imagine if we lost our hair, I would not be feeling okay about it. I'd be like, oh, I look like a thumb. I'm not feeling great. Like I wouldn't, it would take me a bit of time to accept that, particularly as a a woman. But men are just expected to be okay with it and to just get on with it. Um, Side note though, I think bald is very sexy. But anyway, put that to the side. um, And various different things like that. But it always comes back to what their dad said to them. And the comments they received usually from their dad, because dad is it. For men, dad is like the symbol of masculinity. And unfortunately, a lot of men can have fathers who carry a lot of toxic masculinity um, and may not actually be masculine at all in the sense of what actually is masculinity, but have those really toxic traits of like, I never talk about my emotions and I behave a certain way. And I'm, you know, that's not really masculine. It's just putting on a show basically so then they don't feel good and comfortable in in their own masculinity so that's more so what it is for men um and then for trans and non-binary people it's like finding who they are and if they're like finding comfort in the body they're already in or trying to change that body and figure out how to be comfortable in the new body and there's a whole other scape of things that happen there too but it always comes back to um everything that's happened up until that point and the conversations that have been had, the comments that have been made 
And then because of that, we create these like inner critics and it's the inner critic that can just get bigger and bigger and bigger if we allow it to. And we all need to get that inner critic really small. Um, I always say it's kind of like your inner critic is huge and has a microphone and you need to slap it out of their hand and make them shut up, you know, make them shut up because we all have these inner critics who can be nasty. Like I remember um, when I had poor body image back years ago, when every time I looked in the mirror, this critic would be like, you need to lose weight. You need to like do this. You need to do that. And there was this whole list of things that used to come out. And that rarely happens to me now. But if it does, if there's the occasional day when that creature crawls out of her hole and decides to say something horrible to me, when that comment, when I hear it in my head, I just say to myself, I know that's not true. And I actually give myself evidence that it's not true. So let's say the the critic says to me, you really need to lose weight. I'm going to come back with, I know that's not true. I know that's not true. You know how I know that's not true? I like eat well. I do movement. I feel fantastic in my body. I look great. Like everything about me is fabulous. And I'll even like picture these things. I'll be like thinking of like how I looked, you know, walking down the street. Obviously I can't see myself walking down the street, but I'll visualize it. And I'll be like, she was fabulous. (laughs) And I will just kind of like shut that narrative up and then it just disappears. But it takes a bit of time and practice to get to that point where when the critic appears, you can just say, get out of here. I don't need your opinions. And I've got evidence that you're wrong. I can just imagine people listening going, yeah, right. Like, how do you do that? Like, there's no way, you know, I could, I know people are looking at me thinking bad things or, you know, they're having negative thoughts about me when I walk down the street or, you know, my family members always make negative comments to me. Like, how am I supposed to think positive about myself? Well, there's so many, like, there's a few things that have to happen there. So family members making comments about you, boundaries, you know, Mm -hmm. boundaries have to be, these are things I help clients with, right? So you have to be able to say to your family, like communicate with them on how to stop saying these comments to you. So that's a huge thing. It's to be able to set boundaries with people regards. My appearance is not up for conversation. And do it in a way that doesn't make you feel horrifically guilty, that doesn't cause huge arguments, and that actually works. So that's a huge part of what I do. And then the other bit regards other people's comments really comes down to um, basically what I do is a lot of work with clients regards realizing how negative they are about other people's bodies and what comments they're making about other people's bodies because what basically happens is when we're not feeling good about ourselves we start looking at everyone else with a really critical eye and the reason we do that is so we can feel a little bit better about ourselves for a slight second not even very long so we'll see someone walking down the street and say well they would look great if they cut their hair Or they would have a lovely smile, but they've got like one crooked toot. Or they would, whatever. So this critical thing starts up, right? And that's it it gets into a habit. And it gets worse over time because the more critical we are of other people, we basically spiral and we become more critical of ourselves. They're just like the tip of the iceberg when you compare to how critical we are of ourselves. So being critical of other people makes impacts our own body image and makes it worse. So what I get clients to do is to stop doing that. 
and they start actually looking for the good in other people. So instead of like seeing someone saying they need to cut their hair, thinking, God, they look so happy walking down the street or God, you know what? That person has the most fabulous smile. Like they're just dazzling. All these things, like start looking for the positives, looking for the positives. And that helps us because it helps us boost our own body image. And to also stop presuming that everyone else is doing that. Because the truth is, people who feel good about their bodies are not wasting time looking around the streets being like, you would look better if, you would look better if. They're not, because that's not part of their, their, their mind. Like, they're just not aware of it. In the same way as I don't walk down the street and take notice of every brick that I see. You know, every like little red brick or brick in the wall because I'm not obsessed with bricks. I don't care about bricks. There is nothing that could be less interesting to me than that. Or, you know, acknowledging every door that I see and thinking, God, that door would be a lot nicer if, because I don't care. And it's the same for bodies. It, and when If you're being critical of other people's bodies, that is a, like a massive warning sign to you that you need to go deal with your own body image. And it's not just when you're walking down the street. It's even if someone pops up on the television and you're like, whoa, that's a weird looking man. <laughs> you know, little comments like this. That's also being very critical. Like, why couldn't you just like see the man and go, okay, and listen to the dialogue of what's happening in the show you're watching? So that's it. It's this, not everyone's judging you all the time. People are so caught up in their own heads. And actually, it's a bit, it's quite egotistical to think that everyone walking around is looking at you and judging you, or even half of them, or even 10% or 1% of them. Because everyone's living their lives. We're not all the centers of the universes. You know, like I, I, I never really notice anyone's appearance unless they are wearing something where I'm like, oh, that is gorgeous. Where can I get this? <laughs> or something right. like that, you know? Or maybe it's someone's dressed up like a clown and they're walking down the street. Like, I mean, an actual clown. Right. <laughs> Someone who's badly dressed. <laughs> I just realized that as I said it. <laughs> but like, if they're walking down the street in like a costume, I of course I'm going to notice if someone's dressed like Batman and he's walking down the road, you know? But otherwise, I'm not looking at people with that critical eye I'm too busy thinking about when I'm going to eat for dinner <laughs> I'm wondering too you know I hear a lot of people maybe they didn't have um, things said at home but you know a lot of people will say gosh I got bullied I got teased in elementary school or junior high and that was really traumatic um, and that kind of sticks with them I'm wondering um, do you ever hear parents say like you know maybe it's not me or maybe I do have negative body image but I don't really say much at home but man, my kids really struggling and it's a real thing like every day for them yes this this one comes up a lot and this this is a really tough one there and as I say this a lot of people listening to it are gonna go ooh. but when we have kids who are being bullied particularly about their appearance we have to teach them how to deal with that and we have to teach them how to handle the bully, which is really difficult because most of us do not know how to handle a bully. Mm -hmm. And then also how to handle what's being said to them. So what can happen is if we don't act upon anything, we don't really do anything, the kids start to think, well, the bully must be right because no one here is telling me otherwise. And then they don't learn how to deal with the bully either. So if we don't help them with the situation, they believe it. And 
every child is like this. If people don't step in, they say, well, I must deserve this. I must deserve this bullying because I have one ear that's higher up than the other or whatever silly thing it is you're being bullied over. And bullying is serious, whether it's like on the milder, what's considered mild. I think all bullying is hideous, but the milder scale of someone making the occasional comment to someone being physically injured while having comments and, and being harassed in this way and emotionally bullied and all those things. So the best thing we can do, and this is really hard, is to figure out how to deal with bullies. And most adults do not know how to do that. And I myself had to figure this out. And it was really difficult. Like this, ooh, this was this was tough. Um, I uh, was in my old workplace. So before I became a, a body confidence coach, I had a bully and it, it was really bad. And um, a lot of feelings came up for me during that time. And I was feeling frustrated and I was annoyed that no one else was coming in and helping me. And I, I, it just clicked at me one day, day. And I was like, you know, when I was um, a child, I wanted someone to step in and help me. I wanted someone to fix the situation for me, but nobody walked in. I wanted someone to tell me that I wasn't ugly and fat and that I was good enough and that that none of that stuff was true. And I I didn't receive any of that. And then it, it registered. I was like, wait a second. I'm the adult and I'm the one who's not showing up for me right now and dealing with the situation. And I'm not showing up for myself and saying, no, this person is wrong. All of these things aren't true. Let me give you the evidence. Just like with the inner critic, which is our own internalized bully, actually. But I had to figure that out. So that's what I did. I stood up for myself. I dealt with the situation. I spoke up. I was like, this is what's going on. I went to my head bosses. I gave evidence to show what was happening and the things that are being said to me. And I dealt with the situation. But up until then, I was just kind of basically allowing it to happen to myself. So in order to really help kids, we have to be able to figure out how to show up for ourselves and show up for that little inner child that we all have. And then we were able to show our kids how to do it because sometimes our kids can see us being bullied. You know, maybe there's someone in the family or a close friend or someone who is bullying us and the kids are seeing it and they're not learning how to deal with a bully. Whereas if we know how to deal with it, you know, if someone comes into our door and starts saying nonsense, we'll be like, we, we will handle it and they will see us handle it. And then they'll know how to deal with people like that. So we have to figure it out. Yeah, because that's a that's a huge thing, and I know, um, you know, it's very painful, and it, it sticks with kids throughout their life if they have those negative messages. It can be very impactful. What peers say, and I know it's it's a big issue now with social media. Like I didn't grow up obviously with the internet or all that, but I know it's something that you know I, I'm trying to understand that part too, like how pervasive it is and what kind of damage can be done on such a different level than just in the classroom or in a social setting. So, um, yes. And one of the things that's very difficult is if, okay, so if you have a child who is being um, bullied through social media, which basically every child who is going to be bullied now will be bullied through social media, because for a bully, it's so easy. You just hide behind your phone and you write whatever you want. Mm -hmm. So, we just have to consider it the norm now as part of bullying. And um, the thing is, if we don't learn how to deal with stuff, we actually almost can't 
get enough of it. So for example, and I, I know that sounds bizarre, but what I mean by that is if we have someone bullying us online, we're almost need to go and see what they've done next. It's it's almost like this curiosity can take over and it's like, but well, what have they wrote, written, written to me next? Like what, what's going to happen next? What's been said last? And kids need to learn how to walk away from that. Because if you're not present and you're not looking at those things online, the bully can't attack you in that way. Bullies basically just look at what way they can attack you. And they, they throw out hooks. And if you grab onto one of the hooks, they've got you. So how not to grab onto those? So we really need to be able to educate kids on not having this like desire to actually see what's the latest thing the bully has done to them. Ignorance is bliss. So how do we get them to walk away from my account on Instagram, my account on TikTok, and maybe start a new one separate so that bully can't be annoying them through it or to report it or to tell someone about it? How to do that? So we really, again, we have to figure that one out for ourselves too in order to be able to do that. And that's, it's a it's a big responsibility. Like, I, I, this is not easy. No. The side is not easy. It is, it is tough. It's tough work. It's tough in, internal work. Yeah, these are all big issues that I know we could, we could probably have like a podcast on each of these topics, honestly, like we could be here for days. Um, exactly. so anybody's out there who's a parent and listening going, oh my gosh, um, you know, I'm a parent too, and you know, I have teenagers and this is, this is tough stuff. Um, so I'm not trying to sugarcoat it and say like, oh yeah, there's just a simple like 40 minute podcast here. We're going to solve the world. I mean, this is hard, yeah. right? But I think it's, it's important to bring these things up and say, you know, anyone dealing with this, like we hear you, it's, it is. And um, I think we need to keep the conversation going. So, yeah. And also just to say, like, I didn't figure all this stuff out in like a, a week or two. Like <laughs> this is stuff that took me quite a while to figure out. And that's why I help people with it because I didn't have anyone to help me figure it out. Like I didn't have anyone to help me mend my relationship with myself that's why I became the person that I am now I had to go through it and figure out how to help other people with it and that's why I do but again for anyone listening to this don't panic (laughs) you don't have to figure this out by tomorrow (laughs) no pressure (laughs) Queen if if people do want to work with you or find you or find your materials how can they do that so um, the two best ways to find me are my own website, which is cleanaburn.com. Um, and there's a free body confidence journal. So if anyone wants that, please go grab it. Please go get it. Um, and you can find out all about my work there and the different packages I do with one-on-one coaching and also the workshops I do. And then the other best place to find me is on Instagram. My handle is cleana underscore the underscore coach. And I post lots of stuff there and feel free to get in contact with me. Um, you know, if you've got any questions or anything, send me a message. I'd love to hear from everyone. <laughs> awesome. And um, all of that information is going to be on the show notes on the website. So please go there. Your name is spelled very interestingly. So um, please go there and find all of that information. It's at, um, like I said, at the website. So thank you so much. You do such fantastic work and it's so needed. I really appreciate you being here. Um, any final words before we end? And just be a little bit nicer to yourself and start that with just smiling at yourself. So every time you catch your reflection or, it, you know, in a storefront, whatever you're doing, smile at yourself, you know, just, just start with that. If, if anything, just start with that and make it a, a habit. 
And I promise you know, it will make such a difference to how you see yourself. Thank you. Thank you again. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find one.